shift your focus. If you find that you're exhausted, if you find that you're discouraged, if you find that you're disappointed, shift your focus because you're focusing on you. If that's, those are the things that you're experiencing. When you shift the focus to God, then he will put everything in order. Hi, I'm Abigail Archery, and this is Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths, where we talk to people about their faith and how it guided them through the best and worst of times, their missions and ministries that were perpetually born out of crisis, and how God is using them today to make an unshakable difference. After Laura Warfare lost her husband in 2002, she wrestled several years with not wanting to be a widow and it was in that time that Laura discovered God's dream for the next chapter of her life. Today, Laura's passion is to help one, two, three, hundreds and thousands of widows to be more than just widows. Her goal is to form an army of churches and resources to provide the help widows need to survive and thrive. Along the way, she encourages everyone God sends her way to be more and do more with their lives. It's wonderful to have you on Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. It's great to hear from you. Thank you, thank you. All oh, the pleasure is mine. So, Laura, I want you to really kind of like maybe just turn a page in your book somewhat and take us back to that pivotal moment, I guess the catalyst in which propelled you to launch your ministry more than a widow. Just take us back to how this all began. It began when I heard a presentation by John Acuff. He's uh, one of my all-time favorite speakers. He's amazing, and, yeah. Yes, and challengers. He's mm. always challenging us to, to do more. And I uh, had never heard of him before, so it was, it was a brand new experience. And then I read his book, Start, and I, read, I attended his Start conference in Nashville. And I wasn't quite sure why I was there or what was going on. There were a lot of difficult things going on in my personal life at that time. And I just continued to take each step. I felt God was leading me. At the conference, I was praying and asking God, why am I here? Show me. Show me what you need. Show me what you want. And I was in my motel room mm. one night and I opened my journal and he just gave me the whole plan right there. <laughs> and I wrote it all out. I still have the journal entry. Yeah. And uh, I was shocked because at that point, I had been a widow for 13 years. And I had been sort of seen myself, well, I'm a wife in waiting, just waiting for the right man to come along mm. for the next next part of my life. I wasn't quite sure why that hadn't happened. I really was struggling with that. God just showed me that he needed me to work for him more mm. than he needed me to start a new relationship and a new family and so forth. And that was hard to accept. I, I will admit that. It, it was not what I was expecting. It was not my dream. But five years later, I can say this, this is so much better because I've made lots of wonderful connections I've been able to help women get through whatever they're going through after they lost their husbands and 
everybody's experience is different. But the common factor is the loss. And the common factor is what do I do next? Talk to us about, I guess, um, some of the approaches that you follow in being able to create that space for each person, for each woman to feel heard, to feel seen. Well, I'm a writer and I'm also a relational people person. I was a psychology major in college Uh and all of that has come together in this ministry. I'm a strong believer in Christ. I dedicated my entire life to Christ when I was 40 years old, which is pretty late, but it's never too late. Never too late. And (laughs) he has honored that and he has given me wonderful things to do and more than a widow is is one of those those things. Hmm. So I'm always uh, excited to hear about the initial steps, those leaps of faith that everybody has had to take at some point when God has put a dream, has put a vision on your heart. Walk us through and share with us what were those initial approaches, those steps that you took to launch more than a widow. Well, I was at the START conference and I shared with John Acuff what God had given me. That was a huge step. (laughs) And he didn't laugh at me or make fun of me. So that was very encouraging. And I shared with some other people that I met at the conference. We formed an online group, which is still in existence. It's called Dreamers and Builders. And that was an opportunity for me to keep putting it out there. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my plan. Here's what, how God's using me. And that gave me the accountability I needed to keep it going. So I started out uh, with a, my, I'm looking at my plan right here. Phase one <laughs> was uh, the Facebook page and a Twitter account. And that was really difficult. I was familiar with social media and I had been doing social media uh, for my job, but not Uh, very active personally. And so this was a big stretch to put myself out there, not just personally, but also as somebody who wanted to help other people. That was step one. Then uh, step two, I launched my uh, website and blog. And then that really kind of gave me the credibility I needed then to keep reaching out to more widows. In the meantime, at my church, I started a Bible study for widows, Mm. and I also just worked with our pastors to identify who the widows were in our congregation. Nobody knew how many widows we had and who they were, including the other widows. So that was a big step for me in a personal realm to be able to make help people make those help women make those connections help the pastors know who the widows are and that was that was a huge huge step for me also and that is indeed i think the whole process in which you began from and where you are now there's just so many layers in that that i want us to definitely revisit uh, in a moment or two for now just share with me what you feel are the typical say top three assumptions um, people often make when they think of the term widow or a widower for the men as well as women? Uh, Obviously, I live in the United States, so I'm speaking from the United States perspective because widowhood is different in 
other countries around the world. Many, more than half of the world's widows live in poverty. Mm. So what I'm sharing is from the United States perspective. I just want to clarify that. So one of the biggest assumptions is that all widows receive a government subsidy and other forms of support to live on so they don't have any financial worries. And that is not true. And especially if you're a widow, like I was at age 48, just educating people on the fact that widows may need some help. You know, maybe they didn't get a big life insurance policy or a a pension from the husband's employer or uh, it didn't have a huge savings account or huge retirement savings. And maybe the widow actually can't make it on her own financially. And so that's been a, that was a huge educational process to begin to tell people, look, not every widow's financial situation is the same. Mm, Another assumption uh, was that people want to help widows. And I found that many times that isn't true, that people are afraid of widows. They're afraid of their neediness. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their mm-hmm. uh, married women tend to be afraid to have their husbands associate with widows. And you would think that in this day and age, that would not be the case. But that is still still the case in, in my experience. Mm-hmm. And then the third one that was the biggest shocker to me personally was that people who were friends of a widow's husband or friends with them as a couple will continue to be her friend that many times is not the case either. And so you have the scenario that you can see here is that you have a widow who is struggling financially and has trouble finding people to help her and loses her friends. It's it's difficult. It's really difficult, even in the United States. Yeah. And I love that clarification you made, but I would go as far as to suggest that What's happening or has happened uh, in the States relatively is a reflection of what is the assumptions made when it comes to widows and, the, and their economics. I think you'll find that certainly in continents such as Africa and even here in Europe, again, a lot of widows are living just on the kind of borderline of poverty, if not below poverty. It is a fair you know, assumption that, that people often um, overlook and, and make as well. What's one thing you want everyone listening to know? Well, two of my biggest surprises when, as I've gone on in this ministry for the past five years, is that most of the widows want to stay in the background. They don't want people to know that they're a widow. And that's, that's a big struggle um, because they, in my opinion, block themselves from a lot of things that positivity that could be coming into their lives. Indeed. And then the other one is that uh, most widows think their lives are over when their husbands die. Mm. And so they just go into a holding pattern until their life ends. And I've had widows on my page. Uh, my husband's been gone for 35 years and I can't go on with my life. I don't know what to do. And it's heartbreaking. Yes, indeed, indeed. And I think this is what so, um, my goodness, in terms of like God lavishing his love on us, 
you know, in preparing for this particular episode, I was just reminding myself of, of all the various passages of scriptures that relate to caring for widows. And I actually was so encouraged, Laura, just by kind of scamming through, scanning through and seeing so many scriptures, um, you know, one that kind of really touched me and there's so many others, but Psalm 46, 9, that talks about the Lord watching over the, the foreigners. This is a kind of new international version. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. By way of the wicked, he brings to ruin. And again, Exodus twenty two twenty two, we shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. So I feel like the father has quite a protective heart towards the widows, would you not say? Yes, I agree with that. And two of my primary messages that I share often are, number one, you're still here. There's a reason why you're yeah. still here. That's your job is to find out what that is. And number two is that you are never alone. And God is always with you. And he is the God of never and always. Indeed, indeed. Now let's circle back because what I heard when you shared earlier on about your sort of initial stages of launching more than a widow was it's never too late. Share with us the role that reinvention has played in your faith journey. When I look over my own uh, life, I'm often in awe of what the Lord continues to do because we're always on this journey, aren't we, of just becoming more for him. And he takes us through this metamorphosis of a process where you're blossoming and you're flourishing and you're becoming this new being almost. And most of what God does requires us to take those leaps of faith and to be stretched, to come out of what's been our comfort zone. I think we are all called to be God's hands and feet. And that's one of my prayers every morning. Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for a new day to live and love and serve you. That's why we're here. And many women, when they get married, they focus so much on the husband and the children and the family. And sometimes they lose themselves and sometimes they lose yeah, God. Yeah. All that. Yeah. And I think it's really a case of focus. And another message that I share a lot is shift your focus. If you find that you're exhausted, if you find that you're discouraged, if you find that you're disappointed, shift your focus because you're focusing on you. If that's, those are the things that you're experiencing. When you shift the focus to God, then he will put everything in order. And it's it's not an easy process. You don't just wake up one morning and your life is perfectly ordered and you have your piece of paper on the desk telling you what God wants you to do that day. <laughs> it's not that, not that orderly, but he orders our steps. And I think we know that from, especially from the Psalms, you know, that Mm. Uh, he orders our steps. He doesn't, you know, sometimes we just take one step at a time and we don't know where that's going to lead until we take the, ne the next step and the next step. And so that's another message that I share a lot. Just take the first step and see where, where he will lead you. Beautiful. During difficult seasons, what have been those scriptures that were your go-to? Well, two especially. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11 so encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. And that's my theme verse for More Than a Widow. The other one is Psalm 121. That's always my go-to yeah. when 
I don't know what else to do or where else to go. Yeah. I want you to just pray for that person who's listening right now, who is grieving, whether it is by way of a person, a spouse, a loved one, a relative, or they're just going through some really hard times in, by way of disappointment. Heavenly Father, you know everything about us. You know us from before conception to after death. Lord, help us to place our trust in you and to question not you, Lord, but to question ourselves when we feel out of line Hmm. with you. Lord, I pray for the comfort and peace and strength that only you can give in this difficult time of COVID-19, in any time of loss in our lives, Lord. I pray that you will continue, Lord, to reveal yourself to us in your word, in the people that we encounter, in the experiences that we have, Lord. Help us to boldly walk with you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Beautiful. Thank you. How can anyone connect with you online? The primary place for More Than a Widow is the Facebook page, and it's called More Than a Widow. Also on my website, laurawarfel.com, there's my blog and then links to all of my other social media uh, presences on on the internet. Beautiful. And they will all be available via our show notes uh, page. Laura, thank you. You really are a breath of fresh air, and I just thank you for this incredible ministry uh, that the Lord has given you to really touch and become a voice for many who feel very much voiceless and um, as well un- unseen. As we bring this conversation to uh, a close, what would be your final uh, words or final call for action for our listeners? I think the, the main thing I would say to widows and people who know widows, almost every marriage will end with one spouse dying before the other spouse. And the statistics show that it's more common for the husband to die first. And women are never ready to become widows, but they can be prepared for that. And it's important to know about your finances, to know what has been planned for the future. It's important to have spiritual strength in your relationship with the Lord. And it's important to develop their own hobbies and interests that will challenge them and help them to grow in the time after losing their husband. Wow. Wow. Real words of wisdom there. Thank you so much, Laura, for being with us here today on the podcast. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And dear listeners, I hope that you will share this wonderful message of hope. And just to remind us all, wherever we are in our respective journeys and kind of seasons of life, that it's never, ever too late to begin again and to answer that call to touch lives whether it is locally or globally i'll catch you same time same place next week until then remain blessed goodbye thank you for listening to unshakable stories unshakable truths if you enjoyed this please subscribe and grace us with a rate and a review if you would like to feature on the show or you wish to recommend someone please drop us a line unshakablestories2020 at gmail.com or reach out to us online.
We will connect with you again next week, same time, same place. Until then, God bless.